Kenny Pickett is who we think he is, and the second-year passer says he's putting in all the work to make a big leap in 2023. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. In his rookie season, Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett saved his best for last. He made NFL history with back-to-back come-from-behind wins to close the 2022 season on a high note. But for 2023, Pickett's putting in all the off-season work to come out of the gate ready to step up for the Steelers in his all-important sophomore season. Fascinating profile on the Steelers.com website, Pickett gives us a peek into his lunch pal approach to his painstaking preparation. For example, he teamed up with backup QB Mitch Turbitsky and the Steelers receivers in March for workouts down in Florida. After a rookie year of entering the Steelers facility before the sun was up and departing long after dark, Pickett just couldn't stay away. Quote, I was planning on taking a lot more time off, but I've never taken a lot of time off, Pickett told Steelers.com. I took a couple of days off and I wasn't acting myself and my fiance Amy was like, you've got to get back to training. I'm just happy doing this. I genuinely like doing it, unquote. As a quarterback of, of a team named after a city full of tough-as-nail steelworkers, Pickett's work ethic is perfect for Pittsburgh. Now, whether it results in real improvement in his second year remains to be seen, but it's hard to dispute that the Pitt product saw a rapid and steep learning curve throughout the course of his rookie year. Pickett was third string throughout much of training camp, you'll recall. He didn't become the starter until the second half of the game against the New York Jets in week four. Then, he dealt with the death of his grandfather, Kenneth Pickett Sr., the week before his first Steelers start versus the AFC powerhouse Bills up in Buffalo. It was as if the NFL gods were throwing every obstacle in Pickett's path as he fought to justify the Steelers' confidence in making him the first QB taken in the 2022 draft at pick 20. Pickett persevered, and he was just getting warmed up. His performance peaked with that pair of come-from-behind wins versus the Raiders at home and the Ravens on the road in weeks 16 and 17. The breakthrough wasn't a fluke. It was born of hard work, plenty of film study, and picking his coach's brains at every opportunity. Quote, I think there's an art to the two-minute drive, Pickett told Steelers.com. I did a lot of tape study. Every week, I was the guy that did the two-minute breakdown of the opposing team for the quarterback room. I watched a lot of two-minute drills. I was watching them and talking to a lot of coaches around here, unquote. Along the way, the magic trick of muscle memory and making things automatic and instinctive took place for Pickett. Quote, to the point where I felt like it was becoming almost second nature. 
where you're starting to feel like you've been in it for some time. It was probably four weeks after the buy, Pickett described to Steelers.com. Quote, I felt like the offense was starting to become my own. I was doing things I was not doing earlier in the year because I was so worried about executing the ABCs of every play. It takes some time. Once I felt like I got that under my belt, I felt a lot better each week, unquote. Hey, so did Steelers Nation feel better. And as Pickett produced plays, points, and wins, the hearts of Pittsburgh began filling with hope and promise of things to come. In 2022, Pickett hit 245 of 389 pass attempts for 2,404 yards and seven touchdowns. That was in 13 games, including 12 starts. He also ran 55 times for 237 yards and an additional three scores. Mistakes? Yeah, there were more than a few. And a couple of concussions, too. But it's pro football. This is to be expected. And Pickett won't accept making the same mistake twice. Instead, he rewinds all the incompletions and interceptions again and again on tape, quote, seeing what I could have done better and where I could have gone with the ball. You have to have the ability to learn from your mistakes and not make them twice. I didn't want to put the same things, same mistakes on tape multiple weeks in a row, and I think I did a good job of that, unquote. Indeed, in his rookie year, Pickett showed promise. This season, he must prove it. The pressure will be immense, and this is why Pickett has never stopped working throughout the offseason. Quote, I don't think you're ever done improving. I always feel like I improve physically every offseason. I feel like I evaluate what I need to improve on physically, whether it's getting stronger, faster, or putting weight on. From a fundamental standpoint, footwork, pocket, there's more things I can work on. But all of those things tie in with the progression and what I'm seeing mentally. It's a big umbrella of things I can always improve on. I want to continue to improve the mental aspect of the game, unquote. All this is why the vast, proud fan base known as Steelers Nation feels the warm glow of sun on its face once again. The dark days of six seasons and counting without a playoff win in Pittsburgh are surely coming to an end. Kenny Pickett is the reason. He's the one. He's proving he is who all of Pittsburgh thought he was. A man with a work ethic, a talent who leaves nothing to chance, a winner who never gets tired of the film room, or picking his coach's minds. Looking ahead, Pickett says he's, quote, really excited. There are so many things I'm going to go through here in this offseason in order for me to take that big jump in year two, which I'm expecting myself to do, unquote. He joins all of Pittsburgh in these positive sentiments. The football hopes and dreams of the city and a fan base that extends across the nation ride on his arm. The pressure to win and snap that no postseason victory streak bears down on his shoulder pads. 
Pickett says, bring it on. After a rookie year on the rise and an offseason of work and study, he's ready. Quote, I have so much love for this city from my college days and now being a pro here. Pickett gushed of Pittsburgh. It's all positive. It's only a negative if you're not prepared and you're nervous because you're not prepared and you don't know what you're doing. Pickett's plan for 2023, quote, let it loose. And the Steelers' sequel of Pickett Unleashed should be something to see in Pittsburgh. We have much more on why 2023 should be a much brighter season for Steelers fans, including the latest on Pittsburgh plans for the NFL draft and the continuing fallout from free agency, which was a no-splash season for the Steelers once again, that could be a good thing. It's all in this optimistic edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on PenLive. It will be packed with plenty of memes, bringing all of Pittsburgh's hopes and prayers for prodigal Steelers' son Kenny Pickett to life and to laugh. Right now, let's get right to it. Entering the draft, the Steelers are a very needy team for both offensive tackles and cornerbacks. So we turn to Mike DeFabio with The Athletic, who notes that the Steelers should be in a pretty no-lose situation sitting at pick 17 in the draft. He writes, quote, The top three corners, Oregon's Christian Gonzalez, Ellen Noyes, Devon Witherspoon, and Joey Porter Jr., or one of the top three linemen, Northwestern's Peter Skarnansky, Ohio State's Paris Johnson, or Georgia's Broderick Jones, if any of those six are there at 17, the Steelers can't make a bad pick, unquote. Hey, that is probably true, barring some unforeseen circumstance with those top three corners and those top three tackles. And that is, has Pittsburgh feeling positive. I mean, at 17, maybe we can't make a bad pick. But the Fabio points out a dismal doomsday scenario for the black and gold. What if all six of those guys the Steelers would pick at 17 are gone from the board? Where do they go next? Well. Fabio fills us in, giving Steelers Nation some other names to watch in the upcoming NFL draft that has to be a big win for your favorite football team with its top three picks in the top 50 of the draft. Let's take a look behind the Fabio's alternative universe for this Steelers draft. In the first round, he predicts Pittsburgh could turn in a draft card bearing the name of Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, Tennessee. The Fabio writes, quote, The Athletics draft analyst, Dane Brugler, had Wright as his 37th player in his mid-February ranking. When Brugler updated those rankings last week, Wright shot up to 24th on his board. That leap reflects the way Wright's stock has consistently risen Throughout the process, it seems the more NFL scouts and media analysts learn about Wright, the more they like him. He 
333-pound tackle, and he posted an impressive 5.01 40-yard dash at the combine. Brings a powerful playing style, especially in run-blocking situations. He did have more success collegiately at right tackle rather than left, which is part of the reason his value was a step below the other top tackles who have impressed on the left side, the blind side. The Steelers made it clear in free agency that they'd like to upgrade their personnel along the offensive line. They've already addressed the interior by adding starting guard Isaac Samalu and some quality depth in the form of Nate Herbig. If they selected right, they'll begin to have the answer at tackle too. A big answer as a matter of fact. That's great stuff from DeFabio. And if right is the wrong answer, perchance, DeFabio gives us some other names, some other Pittsburgh possibilities at that pick 17, mentioning these guys. Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks, Alabama safety Brian Branch, and Clemson defensive tackle Brian Bree. Of course, pick 17 is only part of the story for this transformational draft for the Steelers. What about pick 32, which will start the second round of the draft on Friday, but normally would be a first-round selection in the 32-team league. But, of course, one of the teams is lacking a pick due to an NFL sanction. So it's now the 32 pick is now on the, the first pick of the second day of the draft rather than the last pick of the first. So who does the Steelers go for at 32? Well, if Wright was number one, the second pick for the Steelers is going to ring up as Lee Ringo, quarterback Georgia. So says DeFabio, who writes, quote, although the Steelers added an eight-time pro bowler to their secondary, the Patrick Peterson signing might actually make it even more likely that they add another corner early in the draft. Of course, we know Peterson is set to turn 33 in July and is not the future at the position in Pittsburgh. Steelers host or plan to host a number of the corners who are projected to go near the end of the first round or early in the second, including Ringo and Mississippi State's Emmanuel Forbes. Those corners are opposites in some way. Forbes is a ball hawk in every sense of the word, with 14 career interceptions, including an NCAA record six return for touchdowns. He's 6'1", with good length and impressive wingspan and blazing speed. But he weighed in at just 166 pounds at the combine. That's a concern because the Steelers consistently say they need corners who can tackle. That's the biggest question mark in Forbes' game. On the flip side, you have Ringo, a physical specimen, 6'2", 207 pounds, he has the frame to play bump and run against big-bodied NFL receivers. Some even believe he could transition to safety. Ringo also has the speed, posting a 4.36-second 40-yard dash. The knock is that he's considered somewhat raw and stiff. 
He'll need to be developed, something the Steelers haven't done well at the cornerback position. There's a new DB's coach on the staff and some new talent evaluators in the front office, and past performance might not be predictive of future results, unquote. Hey, so first round right, second round, one of those two corners. Now rounding out the Steelers Hall in these top 50 picks, Fabio has the team targeting Iano Benton, defensive tackle Washington, with their 40 pick at number 49. DeFabio writes, quote, given Larry Ajanyabo's his, uh, injury history and Cameron Hayward's age, the Steelers could use a versatile defensive lineman who can contribute in a variety of roles. Benton has that potential. He led the Big Ten defensive tackles last season with six sacks and was tied for fourth with 28 total QB pressures. 6'4, 309 pounds, defensive lineman, stout run defender with potential flexibility to align across the interior defensive line. That would give the Steelers options. Perhaps he would challenge Montavious Adams for a starting spot at nose tackle. He could also pitch in rotationally elsewhere across the front early in his career, especially in the case of any injuries along the line. Another defensive lineman who was similarly ranked and also will be in Pittsburgh for a visit is Florida's Gervon Dexter. Either of these linemen could be in play at pick 49 for your Steelers, unquote. In other words, some alternative views of those top 50 picks for the Steelers from DeFabio writing for The Athletic. Any way this draft falls, the Steelers have to get three starters in the top of that draft. Even if the top tackles and corners are off the board by pick 17. If one of those guys is there, maybe it's a, a no-brainer pick. If not, the Steelers still got to get creative and they got to land three players in that top 50. So do you like it? Do you like DeFabio's choices? Will it fly on the field? Will these guys be the starters we need? Well, time will tell. Of course, we'll be covering it here. But as the draft looms coming at the end of this month, it will be the biggest game changer for the 2023 Steelers. But what about the waning days of free agency? In some ways, it was vintage Steelers, despite changes in the GM office. There were no big splash signings. But Paul Zeiss, writing for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, says that's not necessarily a bad thing. Instead, Zeiss says new GM Omar Khan and his top assistant Andy Wield have been, quote, cautious and measured in the way they have gone about their business, and it appears they have addressed some of their biggest needs. Zeiss goes on to write, quote, that's despite the fact the Steelers haven't gone out and spent a bunch of money on big-name guys, nor have they pulled off any blockbuster trades or even really entertained any. They've spent most of their time scouting and talking to NFL draft prospects who are likely to be there on the board in the middle of the first round when they draft. It's not a flashy strategy. 
but it seems to be a winning one and not all that far away from the way they've done business for the most part of the past 50 years. There are some seasons that they should have been more aggressive in free agency in terms of going after stars or players who are highly paid. There have been seasons when I thought they needed to maybe even overpay a little bit to win a bidding war for a player or two who might have put them over the top. This isn't one of those years because the Steelers need depth more than anything else. It's true they needed to rebuild their inside linebacker group, which they've done in free agency, but for the most part, this isn't a team lacking star power except at cornerback and receiver. They've even flirted with a former outside linebacker, Bud Dupree, who would be a great addition as a depth player and also insurance policy if one of the two starters at the position gets hurt. Moves the Steelers have made have addressed depth at safety, cornerback, offensive line, inside linebacker, and even defensive line, and all of this means there are very few areas they must address in the draft. I would expect they'll dip into free agency and find a veteran receiver similar to the way they got cornerback Patrick Peterson. So the theme of the Steelers' offseason so far has been to create as much depth at as many positions as possible in order to give Khan, Wield, and company as many options on draft day as possible. It frees them from having to try to fill needs with their first three picks, but rather take the highest impact players available when they draft. Steelers, as we know, have three picks in the first 50, 17, 32, and 49, so they should have a chance to get impact players at all three picks. We want starters, Steelers starters, with all those three picks. Of course, it frees them up to take a stud offensive lineman at number 17 if one falls to them. But the overarching message of all the offseason moves, as just summarized by Paul Zizi, is this. Quote, they just need to go hunting impact players to help the team get back to the playoffs. Unquote. Impact players. Playoffs saying the magic words, Paul Zizi, and Steelers are pursuing it by the flexibility and depth they have given themselves with the less-than-splashy free agent move. Amen to that. And amen to the fact that we won't have to wait much longer for this 2023 Steelers team to come in full view when the draft finally takes place at the end of the month in Kansas City. Then we will have the team coming into shape. Optimism, fueled at the top by Kenny Pickett, rising to new heights in Pittsburgh. Unbelievable, unbelievable anticipation, unbelievable things yet to unfold. Of course, we're going to cover it all right here on your Steelers Update podcast. Download it wherever you get your favorite audio. Sign up. Get it automatically every Wednesday afternoon. And of course, log on to 10live.com. You're real high.